0: This is Kelly. This is Jen. This is Heather. And you're listening to Whiskey Cats.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> In our tasting glasses this episode is Ula's Waitsburg bourbon. We debunked some water claims and discussed some more whiskey facts and millennials. What are we drinking, Kelly? Today, I have brought back a bottle of ULA Waitsburg Bourbon Whiskey from Seattle, Washington. ULA. 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 I have no idea where the name comes from, the ULA part at least. And their website is a little bit scant on information. Um, the only thing they really say is that they're a micro distiller. And they're all about the grain-to-glass phenomenon that we've Hmm. become very, very familiar with. (laughs) Um, And they're in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle, Washington. And they were... Known for its corn farms. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, As a micro-distiller is in the middle of a city. Um, They opened, I think, in 2012. Um, and so, like I said, their their website is pretty sparse on details about who they are, what they do. Um, you know, they have this little paragraph about grain to glass spirits and how, you know, it's the real deal and, you know, marketing speak, marketing speak. This is sounding
2: a lot like filibuster last year, <laughs> yes. the last time, you know, it was, they opened in 2012 and... Yeah. yeah,
0: so I did a little digging because, again, there's really not a lot of information on their website about who they are and what they do. And did you pick this up in
3: a shop, or you, so you didn't go to the distillery?
0: No, unfortunately, we didn't have um, have time to go to the distillery. We just picked it up at, um, at a shop mm-hmm. um, on the recommendation of a friend who saw that I was out there um, and said, you know, really, really want you to try this. It's actually in my neighborhood, <laughs> and I'm curious to see what you think of it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. No pressure. Yeah, no no
1: pressure. No pressure. <laughs>
0: So the, their bourbon is the Waitsburg Bourbon, and it's named after a town in southeast Washington, and apparently where the distiller um, lived for a couple of years, or depending on the article, it's either <laughs> just liked the town, has lived there for 20 or so years, and that, or was the town where he met his wife... It's like wow. kind of all over the place. Of you don't know which part of that is true or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this person has lived there um, because they got written up in the the Times, being the um, Wastburg Times. <laughs> And also um, they've got also got ridden off by Caskers, which um, they found like I found like the most information information on. Uh, so the bourbon itself is made from 65 percent corn, 25 percent rye, 13 percent malted barley and 12 percent white winter wheat. So that's the first time I think we've ever heard of a bourbon using wheat. White, winter wheat. white winter wheat. Yeah, specific kind of wheat.
2: Yeah. yeah. And the rest of it is just corn
0: though, right? I mean
2: like basic corn, basic rye, but like, white winter wheat. Right, right. Okay. And,
0: and he says the reason why he did that was it allows me to hold back on the corn and add more rye. This results in a more complex balance and less overly sweet bourbon. So this will be interesting to taste, if that's you know, if that's sort of the reason.
2: I mean, um, is there a problem with bourbons being overly sweet? That's sort of their um, defining feature.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, and a couple of other things I read, um, he was really looking for something that was different, um, but then sort of went back towards the classic bourbon mix. Um, but then I think just also just wanted to be a little quirky and say, sure, why not white, white winter wheat?
3: What's the percent of white winter wheat? Wait, it, winter. It, white white <laughs> winter, winter Wheat. From oh, <laughs> From Whitsburg. <West laughs> <laughs>
0: Washington. <laughs> <laughs> It is uh, 12%. Okay. Um, so they do, he does actually source his wheat, rye, and corn from the Williams Brothers Farm Organic Farm, uh, which is east of Walla Walla, Washington.
3: Again, it's so <laughs> the same area. Can we say, say one sentence without a W in it?
2: <laughs> no. It's really kind of tempting us, like, get drunk and then
0: talk, to talk about <laughs> this. <laughs> Walla Walla
2: Walla. It'll be amazing.
0: Um, but their barley comes from Vancouver, Washington. So just a V, not a double V. Mm. A, you know. um, but the the interesting thing that they do is within their process, so they first start out after they run it through their still, is they mature it in small American white oak casks and they subject it to large temperatures, swings of up to 50 to 7 degrees each day. Um, and they do this because he wants to influence early the aging process early on. So he's going to subject it to as much Temperature fluctuation as possible
3: in smaller barrels, and that's something we've never heard of before. Yeah, he's trying to like it's another form of accelerated aging. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the washing machine method. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. It's like it must have the same. It's the same idea that you're just trying to impose natural effects artificially faster,
2: right? Yeah, or I don't know. I mean, is he saying faster,
0: or is he just saying differently?
2: because it sounds like he's just trying to impose it early on rather than like right yeah. so i think That's true. Uh,
0: so i think again it's it's trying to get the mo- excuse me trying to get the most out of your early aging whereas we know that the the most you get from the wood is early on in the process. So Mm -hmm. I think he's just trying to get as much out of that early Mm -hmm. stages as possible. Okay. Well, that does sound like trying to speed
2: up. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: Interesting.
0: Yeah. And so then after they're in these barrels, they get transferred to 53 gallon American white oak cast that boasts an alligator char. And I've never heard of an alligator char before, but apparently it's a type of char and a type of barrel found um, from the Ozark mountains of Arkansas. And it says this type
3: of char allows the whiskey to saturate the wood up to a quarter of an inch. So <laughs> do they mean it's like charred so much that it makes the little grid pattern on the surface of the wood, basically? Um, I'm yeah. imagining. It's yeah. funny.
2: It's like, I've never heard that before, but as soon as you say it, I'm like,
0: oh, okay, right. Like yeah. an alligator pattern.
2: Right, on okay,
3: <laughs> It's really rough and yeah. yeah. Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Up to a quarter of an inch? Up to a quarter of an inch. That lot. it allows the whiskey to saturate the wood up to a quarter of an inch. Okay. So again, I think getting Whoops. as much flavor and interactivity with the with the wood as possible, um, which I think is amaz- really, really interesting. So it makes me really interested to, to taste this. And, and I
2: also, the, well, sorry, I was going to say the temperature fluctuations, so maybe, because I'm trying to think, you know, if it saturates the wood, how do you get it, like, in and out of the wood right but temperature fluctuations could help to do that because the wood is going to expand and contract and the liquid is going to expand and contract slightly so it will do kind of a sloshing in and out of that
3: saturated wood yeah i wonder if it would be enough to move it a quarter of an inch like now i'm not sure that we've ever talked about like oh, right. a regular chart right. how deep like the is that twice as much oh boy is,
2: it makes I s- like how we always have science corner. like, <laughs> lined up for what's
1: on deck. Yeah,
3: it makes me even more want to like slice open our
1: barrel. barrel. Yeah, I
3: think I might need to sacrifice it because all these questions keep coming up mm-hmm. that would be answered partly if we could just. Well, from all our sponsored whiskey cat funding. Yeah. you can buy a new one. <laughs> That's it.
2: yeah, true.
0: And um, so then after they says he ages them in these uh, Ozark Mountain barrels for an additional three to four years. And then after those three or four years, they blend between two barrels to three to four barrels to get their final product. Huh. Um, and so this is actually the first time that I've that within the little research that I that I came across of them talking about blending their barrels, um, I did come across a very interesting segment on on Reddit of all places um, that says that they p- took a quote from a. Capitol Hill Times piece which they link to but it's actually a different piece or or somehow this article got updated within the ensuing years where this this quote is no longer I can't find this quote anymore. <laughs> so I, I don't know the validity of it but I'll, so I'll just I'll just read it to you and talks about how he um, went to Kentucky. Um, and bought barrels, and that at the beginning would marry his barrels with other aged barrels. So so again, that you know buying some other stock and blending it or aging it. so it's like he's buying yeah. aged barrels. Um, so how did how does he say it? We We use the found bourbon, meaning the the bought the bought aged bourbon, in small amounts to blend with our own whiskey. Sorry, I can't give exact percentages. I can't give away all the secrets um and it's a and he said, it goes on to say let me just say that it takes very little older whiskey to have a large influence on the younger small barrel aged whiskey if you know some of the t- tricks of the trade why do you want to do that i think because if you're a newer distiller you don't have a right. have as much stock to bottle and so sure. this will help extend your your stock until you have enough aged to do your own bottling
2: that's the real reason. That's not right. what he's saying. He's oh, trying to correct. make it
0: sound like it's some artisanal
2: choice that he's right. making, yes. which like, I'm sure he's even convinced himself of that fact, but right. it's a little shady.
0: So, but, but this was, this quote on Reddit is from um, 2011, 2012. So again, this could have been something that happened at the beginning. And from this piece from Casker's talking about it, it doesn't sound like they do that anymore.
3: Or, or if they do, it's not something that they're upfront about anymore. Hmm. Well, and didn't <laughs> so if but if they were started around eleven, twelve, and they aged things for a while, and then additional three or four years, then this batch must have been subjected to whatever they. It's possible. Yeah. Po- yeah. Okay. It's possible. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, so again. Uh, Everything was online. Has been like I've had to piece together so many different articles from so many across <laughs> all just to get this much information um, about their process and what they use and and what goes into aging their whiskey. See, this
2: sounds just like filibuster. It really it does, does. right down to Capitol Hill, Washington. <laughs> but,
0: but I mean, like there was no wa- information about them
2: on their mm-hmm. website. They had nothing. Started in 2012, and like all you know, had to like get their aged whiskey from elsewhere. And did the they get whole... other barrels
3: too? Like used barrels? Yeah, yeah, belly? and yeah. Then
2: that whole. thing Thing was kind of sh- like not clear as well, like yeah. you know if they were still doing it or what.
0: Interesting. Anyway, that is kind of fascinating.
2: Yeah, so um, I hope it doesn't taste the same. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's actually won a couple of awards, so I'm hoping that it uh, it, it, it does not taste the same as Allaster. Right. So should, should we find out? Should we try it? It says small batch on the little mm. foldover label on the cork here. It's also
3: a very flowery description on the back, like nestled in the valley here oh, <laughs> let me read it for you
0: hidden among the rolling hidden. hills of wheat and wine country in mm. southeastern washington is the small town of Waitsburg. settled in 1865 old timers newcomers and everyone in between populate this teeny gym they've woven together the character and traditions of the town with mm. new ideas and new neighbors to create a truly special place oh yeah life is like its namesake Whitesburg bourbon whiskey is equal parts tradition and inspiration. We source the finest aged bourbon available barrel by barrel to blend with our own signature four grain mash bill bourbon. The resulting spirit has a depth of complexity and smoothness found only in the finest of American whiskeys. And so a toast. Here's to small towns and big dreams, to traditions (laughs) old and new. And most of all, here's to being above ground and lucky enough to enjoy it.
2: Okay, when you edit this, can you just sort of, like, cue in a, like, musical spring band behind, like, halfway through uh-huh. Yeah,
0: I can. So, I guess, uh, I guess on the back there, they, they own up to the fact that they're blending with other, other barrels. And on the, the label itself, it's, um, what's it called? Embossed? Yeah, that's a good word. Embossed. And then etched is the batch number 30 and case number 26. It's a nice in, looking in modern glass. bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's nice. It's also a really nice. It looks looks like a bourbon.
3: It's very orangey.
0: It <laughs> matches your shirt very well. Oh, that might, you might be <laughs> <laughs> just seeing my shirt.
3: It smells like what? It's a subtle smell. It is. It's. It's very...
2: Okay, now that we've done this long enough, are we going to have to get different glasses? Is that where we're at? We're like, we had that discussion where we made fun of the glasses, and now all I smell is ethanol every time. I know, that's what I was thinking.
3: It It smells like rubbing alcohol to me. But remember when the filibuster, after it sat for a minute, it smelled completely different.
2: So maybe we need to, like, relax a bit. and Mm -hmm. It's already changing.
3: Yeah. As I
2: swirl. It has a different kind of ethanol-y, like, scent to it, though. Like, a different part of the... (laughs)
3: M- medicinal spectrum. Medicinal
2: alcohol <laughs> spectrum, yes. <laughs> this smells section. more like, like, that's iodine when they like wipe you yeah, down before yeah. you get a shot. That's what mm-hmm. that smells like. Like, mm-hmm. perfectly.
0: It's got a, it has a, some sweetness to it though. I'm, I'm I'm shoving my nose in this glass and I'm having a hard time picking anything out. Me too. Uh,
3: the ethanol is breaking up, but it's not revealing a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Let's taste it. <laughs> I'm like impatient. Okay kind of nice yeah whoa yeah the secondary burn Mm -hmm. in the center of my chest is there but nothing in my mouth i mean not nothing but like no burn
2: i'm having a hard time identifying that sweetness though i taste it and i smell it and i but i can't peg what it is if it's just like because it i don't it's not like vanilla-y or maple-y to me and i did smell it i smelled it right away super faint i mean it's definitely like iodine centric it's a
0: it's almost like a
3: like a brown sugar
2: Oh, that might be it. That's definitely closer. It's a deeper kind of sweetness. We, yeah. so we had
3: one recently that was like turbinado sugar. Mm-hmm. Like that sort mm-hmm. of... I was just going to say Demer- ed- yeah, demerara sugar. That's what it Yep. Yeah, not turbinado. That's the same thing. Are they thing. the same thing? Yeah. Man, the burn in the center of my chest is like almost hurts. It's so smooth going down and then it hits the center spot. Mm. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's my... I've got the... Bur- it, it burns my throat going down, Ooh, but it hasn't yeah. hit my chest.
0: Um... And there's like a, a little bit of spice on the back, but not a whole lot. It's not bad. I was just going to say it's it
2: it it's kind of smooth and seems not complex to me. I mean, if if that's what he's going for in like all these blends, all of that just feels so muddy to me. Like I'm I'm really aside from like the demerara sugar or brown sugar, I don't know what else is in there. And now I feel like this has happened twice in a row, and I'm like, "Are we losing our touch?"
3: <laughs> we were just getting good at this. <laughs> it's just a very, we've we've been drinking young stuff, yeah. And so I think it's much. I don't want to say simple, but less complex. Yeah, which well, is one simple. Note. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what it, it's partly. I don't think we're losing our touch. I think that we've been drinking a lot of young stuff that hasn't had a lot of time to develop into something yet. Mm-hmm. Um, this definitely seems
2: far smoother than the filibuster though. Yes. Like like definitely is one note, but way smoother. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And I can't, there's definitely a spice on the back and I can't pick out, I must want to say clove or some type of prickly spice like that. (laughs) That's a,
2: I know what you mean. That's a good explanation for it. (laughs) I can I can almost get there on the back, yeah, but certainly not strong. I mean, no. Mm-hmm. I don't think even with the wheel I could figure out it's what not it was. A very
3: distinctive flavor, but it
0: yeah hurts here. Well, let me read to you their tasting notes. Ula Distillery describes their Waitsburg bourbon whiskey as medium to full bodied, presents a classic profile of vanilla, caramel, and cherry on the nose, rich and compelling. Sweet, smooth corn combined with brown sugar. Maple syrup and oak is balanced with a notable spice contrib- contributed by the higher amount of normal rye content. The finish is beautifully long with notes of buttery oak, toffee, and again, the cherries make an appearance.
2: Okay, again, you know, we're all bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. Well, well, we're also like affected when once you're told mm-hmm. what a smell is, but I was smelling it, as you said, buttery, and I was like, mm-hmm. I can smell that. I can Mm. smell that like buttery toffee. Like I can, I can see that toffee would maybe be that kind of burnt like sugar or like deep sugar.
3: And I was thinking, I was like, making this face because I could feel like there's some texture on my tongue that tastes like a chardonnay to me it's like it feels like when I drink a chardonnay and that's it's the butteriness that's what it is the cherries I do not find anywhere mm
0: -hmm. no Um, Caskers describes it as has a spicy aroma with touches of cinnamon ginger and black peppercorns that give you give way to notes of caramel vanilla olives dill pickles and chutney on the palate the finish is warm and balanced with hints of honey and oak spices complementing off each other
3: I'm sorry olives Dill pickles and what else? Chutney. Chutney. What was before that though? The first one. <laughs> uh, cinnamon, ginger, and black peppercorn. Ginger, because I was
2: like ginger. Mm-hmm. I could almost go for mm-hmm. because it has that kind of like clothes. It's kind of like that the prickly spice. Yeah. It's a little sharp, you mm-hmm. know. Ugh, now I can smell. I can smell, smell it's sweeter butter now. Toffee. <laughs> I know
3: the toffee now. Now that I'm and I don't know whether it's because it's open or because I mean we've been I really, about I, it.
2: I have a hard time smelling the iodine anymore. Should we try this with a drop of water? Yep.
0: Oh,
3: what is that? Butterscotch. (laughs)
0: We're (laughs) like... Again, I'm still shoving my nose in the glass.
2: Yeah, it got so fainter, Mm -hmm. and I feel like the buttery toffee is definitely watered down. But so is the iodine. It doesn't... You know, sometimes we do this and it smells just like alcohol, and it, it, it didn't do that. It just completely got fainter. I kind of like that with water. Really? I don't mind it.
3: I'm, I'm I guess that's the, a better way to put it. Yeah. I don't mind it. It just tastes like watered down. It just tastes watered down to me. Yeah, um, you're I'm, clearly not a fan.
1: I'm clearly, yeah I'm, just, yeah,
3: it's also, yeah.
2: I'm getting the black peppercorn, though. I'm definitely getting more of a spice. I mean, like mm-hmm. most times, it, it, it has killed the sweetness. But in in this case, I don't think it has destroyed it.
0: No. No, I agree with that. It, it, but it's not. it's not cloying. There's no cloying sweetness about this whole bottle.
2: No, which I guess is what they were going right. for. Um, I would say this would be like a kind of a nondescript whiskey that I'd be like, if somebody poured me in a bar, I would totally drink it, but I would never know, I would never ask for this or remember it, frankly. <laughs> but I would not be offended if you poured me a glass. That's right. kind of how yeah. I feel about this whiskey. Okay. That's a good sign.
0: Yeah. Caskers um, has it for $45, so. Not terrible. So buy some Jim Beam instead, probably.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or there are many other things at that price point that I think have more, yeah. that are just more interesting. Yeah. But we'll see what, you know, it's young, right? It's only, do we know? Three, three or four years three or, years. three or four
2: years. So. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, like, unlike the filibuster where we were just like, that was so, that was just like chaos and we mm-hmm. couldn't pin, pick out anything. We could almost pick out some things here. And if he's got like a purpose to it, maybe, maybe in like you know a few years that'll come to a better focus
3: and maybe for people who are who want a bourbon but not the overly sweet who for who like True. jim beam is way too sweet for them or yeah. something you know and this rye big, is way too like spicy, spicy. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah I this mean, is it's a, a, good a, middle, it's a good
0: middle mm-hmm. good good marriage Yes. Yeah.
2: Do, do, do,
3: do, do. I don't think that was the science. Though. Well, since we were talking about the filibuster so much, let's go back for a minute mm. in Science Corner to revisit some comments that were made. Wish I could make like a backward science time, but
2: <laughs> I can barely do the forward
3: one. So... <laughs> Whoa. I'm talking about what it would sound like if we rewound you. Um... <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> in the last episode, we talked about the filibuster. And Heather, you mentioned that they had moved the distillery from D.C. out to Morrertown in Virginia. Another name they really tempt you to say while drunk. (laughs) Morrertown. Because of the iron in the water that they said was turning the whiskey black. Mm -hmm. And I called bullshit on it. Mm -hmm. And I was right. (laughs) So, um, first of all... I downloaded the DC... I was like, um, why do you have DC water? <laughs> it's the DC water drinking water quality report. Nice. Because nice. I had never heard of high iron in general in DC. Maybe That's building by said. building, but yeah. no. Of all the things that water has had problems with, iron... Right. I've never heard of So, so I have two bones of contention with this assertion that they make. Number one, if you read the water quality report, the iron uh, is not detectable. It is ND. <laughs> they can't even measure it. In the water supply. (laughs) So sorry, guys, but I doubt it. Maybe your building specifically had it, even if your building had Mm. high iron because you had some crazy iron pipes. It wasn't DC water. It wasn't DC water. A, more importantly, iron is not what makes water turn black. Mm. So in fact, iron, if you oxidize iron in water, you have a ton of iron in water, it turns white. Really? Or, or reddish. It rusts. It turns red. Oh,
2: rust. That makes sense. But the white is kind of funny because it's like yes. not even black or doesn't do anything, but turns the exact yes. opposite. turns the <laughs> exact opposite of black. You literally could not be more wrong. Right.
3: The thing that does turn water black is manganese. Oh. So manganese can turn, it can tint it blackish mm-hmm. gray. What's super gross is that if your water is really black, it's because there's manganese-eating bacteria in the water that makes like... Slime in your water. Oh, gross. It's not... It's, like, technically non-health-threatening. I thought manganese exploded when it was... When it interacted with water. Uh, i confusing my elements. I'm
2: thinking back to chemistry class. Not
3: not manganese in... In mineral form, I mean, half of the rocks, like granite, has a ton of manganese in it. What okay. are you thinking of? I don't know. It's one of but those ones are where they like,
0: like yeah, yeah, it's like ash and it comes out of. I knew exactly, <laughs> exactly what we were talking <laughs> about. It's
2: like an old chemistry mm-hmm. one hundred and maybe thinking
0: of Mr.
3: Wizard doing the project right yeah. now. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, let's we'll put a pin in that. I'm gonna, I'm, our- gonna,
2: I'm gonna look it up next. <laughs> <time's> <laughs> we're gonna YouTube that shit. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, but so this is that's what happens is that so manganese is actually worse to be in water than iron is, in part because it. Really attracts these bacteria that make stuff disgusting. Hmm. Uh, magnesium, I mean, manganese often confused. I was going to say, it was, is it magnesium? Is that what we're confusing it with? That might be. Although mm-hmm. magnesium is also, but magnesium also is also in rocks. But pure magnesium may do something. I should know this as a geochemist. But so magnesium is the element symbol Mg. Mm-hmm. So manganese is Mn. In DC water, the range that it should be is is either from non-detectable to two. And in DC, it's 0.5. It's fine. Um, and there are no bacteria that are eating this stuff. We're drinking it in our whiskey right now. We so thank are. you, DC Water. <laughs> yeah. um, in fact, I can leave this with you if you'd like yeah. to know more about your own water quality. They actually did a great job in this report. For comparison, I tried to look up, I found the Moratown mm-hmm. water quality. I was hoping to be like, ha, ah, your water's full of manganese now, sucker. <laughs> but I don't think it is. But I wouldn't know because they the two things they don't list are iron and manganese. Really? So Moratown, get your act together. Weird. It could be that they are they don't exist, like they're completely non-detectable, but yeah. you should still include that in your water quality report.
2: So mm. how often is... I mean, I know you don't know this off the top of your head, but like how often would iron be in water? Because it's... First of all, like from pipes, right? Like there's oh, no yeah. I, I,
3: iron pipes though? People have iron pipes? I thought you had like copper or, or plastic or... or, plastic or some t- so But a lot of old pipes yeah, are made lead. of like alloys. It's not just pure. So pure copper is, right, or pure yeah. lead or they're like... if you have a metal, like a copper or lead pipe that starts to react with stuff around it. It will like attract whatever iron is floating around in the air, react and sort of precipitate it out. Okay. Um, there's probably, there's probably some iron in some pipes, but, um, more often it's like you have a building that has a metal structure that is rusting away mm-hmm. and that metal, that rust gets into the water system somehow, it gets into a pipe or it gets into the river. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that comes into your water system. Anyway, my point is, iron is not your problem. Yeah. why are <laughs> Right. And maybe, they, maybe they're maybe they going to contact us and be like, dude, we had our water tested and it's full of iron. But I don't think it's what turned it black. I'm pretty sure. If it was black, it's because of manganese. And, and they even said, so they started bacteria. in
2: 2012, right? Which, like, DC Water did have some issues, like, 15 years ago. But... 2012 was not 15 years ago. They had long cleared, and that was really, like, more of a lead and some other stuff. Is right, that. right. <laughs> yeah. Still terrible, but not really necessarily an iron issue. And that right. was pretty much all cleared up by the late aughts, so...
3: Right, and especially, like, if you're going to blame <clears throat> D.C. water, like, your building, again, maybe your building has some issue, but don't blame city water. Yeah. D.C. water is fine. D.C. water is great. Well, the mystery continues. Yeah. But... That's a good science uh, comeback. I really yeah. vindicated today.
0: <laughs> thank, thank you for, for looking into the readily public information available to, to all yeah, of us Yeah, which,
2: which that guy clearly yeah. thought nobody was going to look up. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know the yeah. whiskey cats were on it. <laughs> we're on the case. <laughs>
0: A little bit of whiskey news. Oh. So I felt like I needed to redeem myself a little bit from last episode where I provided you with some terrible whiskey facts. <laughs> to be fair, Fox News provided us with okay. terrible <laughs> whiskey
1: facts.
0: Fair, fair. Um, so I thought that I would give you another five things about whiskey. Okay. Not ne- necessarily you didn't know, but from this writer's perspective. Which I found a little bit interesting. So this is from Sarasota magazine and it's called Five Things I Learned About Whiskey from last night's Whiskey Obsession Expert panel. Which I kinda wanna go to that panel because
1: it's, isn't that we of, are? We now are now now. I know.
3: <laughs> so what you're saying is people should pay us. That's right. But is this in Sarasota, Florida? Or... Yeah. So, we-
0: so mm. um Whiskey Beach Vacay. Oh, oh, now you're talking. Yeah. About it. Okay. <laughs> so apparently there was an event called Whiskey Obsession that happened in Sarasota. With, Sounds uh, like a bad perfume.
3: Whiskey, by Obsession. Obsession. Whiskey Obsession. By Calvin Klein. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this writer talks about the five things that they learned from from going attending these panels. And the first one was that wood matters. So learned that um, different types of wood, from toasted to charred, to the different versions of how how the the barrel is and what type of wood, the type of wood. Um, we would totally wood. rock that panel. Like yeah. I, I mean, we like we would like, rock like that panel.
2: We, yeah, we like the
0: the wood. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah, know, we haven't actually talked about it as much in season two. I have to say, I That's feel like true, we need to get though. back into some wood discussions because mm-hmm. I'm I'm starting to forget a little bit of it. I mean, yeah, we me do too. drink our brain cells into you know, submission after every episode. True, so true. True.
0: Um, number two was dynamite helps because apparently makers Mark, uh, blasted into a Kentucky Hill in order to create a space for cave aging.
3: <laughs> <laughs> when are we going there? Do they also age cheese? I have so many questions. And I can't think of any. I'm just like, what? <laughs> Can cave? I live in this cave? <laughs> what kind of rock is the cave in? How cold is it? How do they regulate temperature? So many questions. Um, the reason, apparently, why they say why they did this is to allow the
0: distiller to age whiskey year round, when ordinarily only the winter time will do. Because we why? Can't... because they didn't have climate controlled warehouses. Why
2: not? What are, like the because the I... when did early this Homo sapiens are you know <laughs> this is we haven't the, built this is buildings this, buildings
0: yet this year um, April. I mean,
2: they're not aging it outside. I, I, this is, this is, I'm just
0: reading what's wrong. Sorry, mind. I'm
2: yelling. <laughs>
0: but you can't build a building. You already
2: have a build. I don't, I thought that was the whole point of the climate control buildings. Anyways,
0: <laughs> I'm so confused. Number three, you have to keep your pilot sharp.
1: <laughs>
0: and it talks about how some, um, some employees of Beam Suntory. There's a distiller of, of Japanese whiskey who, who eats the same food every single day. And has since the past 29 years to keep their palate like clean.
2: I don't love whiskey that much. Sorry. I
1: know.
0: Um and then some they give some. You have to rules. diversify between Maybe pizza I love and it tacos too
3: and much because I want to taste how it tastes with everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like it. They also say that they give rules for other staffers to include no smoking and no garlic consumption during um, their tasting weeks.
3: Well that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Oh. So number four, there are a lot of rules. And they talked about how apparently on this panel um, talked about between uh, a conflict between respecting whiskey tradition and venturing into the unknown, mm. and talking about how a lot of I <coughs> mean charming whiskey. And- <laughs> What's the other one? <laughs> There's only charming whiskey. There, Button only Factory character. whiskey and Johnny drummer boy
1: whiskey.
0: <laughs> um, talked about how you know you have certain definitions that you have to hit. To, in order to to say that you're a Scotch or a bourbon. Um, and so if you try and experiment and go out of those definitions, then you can no longer legally be described as, say, a bourbon. So that's what they're talking about. Sure.
2: Do they ever... Well, I know this article probably doesn't answer it, but I wonder if they bump up against a lot between you know the United States legal definition of bourbon mm. and just what the industry wants to creatively call bourbon. Because those mm. have to be kind of two different diverging things, especially with all the different... You know, th- like, you know, so we every time we get a new one of these uh, last two bottles, it's like, wait, are they not aging it in the white oak barrels? Because right. if they're not doing that, then it's not bourbon because right. legally that's what bourbon is. And so, but they want to do all these other things like, you know, like the filibuster aged it in the sherry casks after, after. it was yeah. in. So, you know, I wonder like... First of all, I wonder who in the government gives a shit about, like, those diverging (laughs) things. Someone. (laughs) Someone, clearly. Clearly. (laughs) I mean, someone made the law to begin with. Right. But but also, like, I wonder Mm -hmm. if that's kind of an internal debate in the industry about how that works.
3: Well, and the public perception is still, like... I think far behind, like I still meet people, people will come to our house and we have all kinds of different bourbons and they're like, well, this isn't really a bourbon because it wasn't made in Kentucky. I'm like, yeah, that, mm, that, that rule no. doesn't apply anymore mm, and it no. hasn't for decades. And they, they're like, oh, they had no idea. And so I think they're, yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, there are all these like differing levels of opinion and rule enforcement. Yeah. yeah. And five is basically, I think we can all relate
0: to, it's titled, um, er, something, something, because... There was a fifth thing I learned, but I seem to have forgotten it. Did I mention (laughs) I tried 16 whiskeys last night. Oh.
2: Good article. I like those
0: people. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Let's let's party with them. I know. I like that. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, boy. Well, just to continue on the trends, I have this article that uh, actually Kelly found, but it's my hometown newspaper, the VC Star. Aww. So, this is by Bill Nash, who I assume is some guy of some renown because... The entire huge picture is just of his face. What is VC, for those listeners who may not know? Uh, Ventura County. Thank you. California. Um, but it looks like this may have been printed in a lot of newspapers, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it some sounds sort like of he's columnist. a columnist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the article is Moonshine Trends Have This Whiskey Aficionado Turning Up His Nose, which... Just to, you know, telegraph that quite clearly, he's a huge snob. <laughs> Even the picture is like, um, he's like in a track suit, <laughs> There's not entirely much to be learned from this article. There are some great quotes, though. Like, you know, let's be honest. We're pretty condescending about millennials True. <laughs> in, in True. this here podcast. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this guy clearly has problems with millennials, which is kind of great. He's he's you know he's a uh, um, crying against the darkness, um,
0: futilely probably.
2: <laughs> there's so many like I try to highlight every time it's says millennial in this article, and there's kind of there's kind of a lot. Um, so did you
0: take a shot each time?
2: <laughs> oh, I probably should have. I probably should have. But he starts about. You know, it's kind of stuff we already know that like, you know, all this uh, whiskey is becoming uh, more popular. And also that means that um, moonshine, which I should say in quotes moonshine, um, is kind of changing along with it where, um, you know, old school moonshine and he talks about that Discovery Channel show, Mm -hmm. which we talked about briefly a while ago. Um, how, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's actually not cheap because basically they're making it per bathtub. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, you know, 60 to a hundred dollars a bottle, whereas like, that's kind of what you're buying your regular whiskeys for too. But even that moonshine is kind of changing because the millennials deem it so, because it has to be more (laughs) charming. And so they're putting a lot of stuff in it. Like he says, um, jalapeno peppers and cherries, honeys, apples, and peaches to their brew. And he goes, you know, I like this separately from my whiskey, but maybe not, you know, with it. And I have to say, like, of the things that he chose, I'm like, cherries and jalapeno peppers. I'm like, I would kind of, I would try that. <laughs> I would try that. <laughs> I might hate it, but I would try it. Mm-hmm. But he has, uh, you know, he, he says it's just getting kind of ridiculous and more charming. That's basically what this whole article is about is... Uh, As millennial consumers demand authentic products with heritage and history, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, basically one of our taglines. Yep. Um, I like this. Um, I prefer the smoky flavors of whiskeys aged in charred barrels, but it's probably the millennials who are demanding the different flavors. He just like, slightly like gaslights (laughs) the millennials in this whole thing. So funny. Uh, And like, even towards the end, he goes, I tried a cherry flavored whiskey. Tasted exactly like children's cough syrup and a maple-flavored variety. Tasted, no surprise, like pancake syrup. I guess that's just one of the differences between me and a millennial. I drank my whiskey straight. <laughs> he's so, he's like, it's like a different kind of charming. He's like, I'm so authentic and you're so ugh, not. And then the millennials are like, but no, we're authentic. <laughs> it's pretty cute. I will say he ends with a Mark Twain quote, which I think we can all agree with. Too much of anything is bad, but too much good whiskey is barely enough.
3: Oh, I love so, that. I want yeah. to embroider that on a pillow. Yeah. Thank you, Bill Nash, for your <laughs> very all... strong opinion
0: about that. <laughs> it was like a very shake your fist, get off my
3: lawn, t- totally. like with your whiskey glass in the other hand yes.
0: moment. That was, yep. that
3: was great. <laughs> my only piece of whiskey news really is only of interest to anyone who might have $11,000 sitting around. In Do in you have? Pocket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then you might be interested <laughs> great. in this uh, bottle of Irish whiskey that is going to be auctioned off. Very soon. Oh. Uh, it is an extremely scarce bottle that was bottled in 1916. So it was bottled by the defunct Nuns Island Distillery in mm-hmm. Galway, which I just like envisioning. Yeah. Like a bunch of nuns run running, running nuns, around. Like Catholic nuns, like... It doesn't say that it was run by nuns, but I'm going to do some investigating mm-hmm. because I just like that image. I would definitely drink whiskey made by nuns. I yeah. Know, right? Um, but they think that it's the the oldest unopened expression of Irish single-pot whiskey sold in modern times. So this wow. is kind of a big deal. Um, this distillery was founded in 1826. And this is so sad. It closed in 1925, along with American when American Prohibition started oh. because the demand went down so much, crippling its operation. And it oh, missed process. its own centen- centenary just by months. Like, oh. I'm so sad. I'm so sad for the nuns. Um But so if you have... They think it's going to go for... Between six and 10,000 euros, which is like 70, seven to 11,000 yeah, US dollars. Um, so if you've got that money on hand, pay attention in in early to mid-April. So, but what do you do with that bottle? Do you drink it? Do you hold on to it? Do you put it on the, the whiskey brokerage and trade it again? Mm. The commodities market. The yeah. commodities market. I think that we would ask your husband's family who seems to know which bottles to hold and which to open i would be tempted to open it i want to know what it tastes like
2: which bottles to hold and which ones to hold I'm sorry <laughs> you gotta know, you know when, to, when, to, when hold. to hold i thought them. you were like going down
3: the line know when to walk away from a ten thousand dollar bottle of whiskey and know when to run towards it ah, that's right um
0: yeah I, anyway i don't i don't know what you do when you spend that much money on a bottle. Like, because when it's gone, it's gone. Like, well, even, you guys
2: yeah. are getting a pretty good stock of it. I mean, I know yeah. you don't have eleven thousand dollars bottles yet, but mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of trying a lot of stuff and and some whiskey bottles that you're holding on to. So, would you? I mean, would you hold on to it for a little while? Or, I mean, would you like? I here's, here's the here's the question: Would you eventually want to taste it before you got rid of it?
0: <sighs> that's that's so hard.
3: I th- I think so. I think at the end of the day, whiskey should be drank, drank, mm-hmm. dranked, drank, drank, yeah, drink, drunk, drunk. drunk. <laughs> I never know it. What- anyways so. editor so. <laughs> <laughs> you're who I look to for answers drink to drink, oh, yeah. drink drink drink, drink. Uh-huh. Um, I don't I mean well I think resolved we would drink it
1: agreed
0: so that's it for another episode of Whiskey Cats thanks for listening you can find us online at whiskeycats.com or again email us at whiskeycatspodcast at gmail.com and please subscribe to us on iTunes Stitcher or SoundCloud you can follow us on
2: Instagram and Twitter at whiskey underscore cats.
3: And if you want to call us with a question or a comment or a whiskey story or any of those things, you can call us at 202-760-2009. Thanks for listening. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Honey, baby, won't you tell near? That sweet mama whisper in your ear. i while about that name. It makes me laugh and sing Give it to me, Papa I'm about that thing